through our darkest moments and our traumas and all of these really painful things that we sat with and purged and looked at and processed and integrated with Mother Aya, it's opening as individuals and in this partnership, this reality for more, more love, more intimacy, more connection, more healing, more sovereignty, more self-reliance and self-love. These traumas and these energies are here and present because they've been passed down through no one else's fault, generation to generation. And the beauty of this healing work is that although it is difficult, we know that as we heal and integrate these things, that poison stops with us. Welcome home to the Loving Consciously Podcast. My name is Amaris. And my name is Eric. And if you are like us, nobody, nobody taught, taught you, you how, how to love. love. We are best friends and life partners here to vulnerably and authentically share our seven-year journey to unconditional love. Our mission is to help you learn how to love consciously in all of your relationships so we can journey together towards a more effective, intentional, and fulfilling way of giving and receiving love. Loving, Loving consciously. consciously. Together, we have overcome neurodivergence, mental health, addiction, pregnancy loss, infidelity, and grief. After six years, the lack of knowledge on how to heal or love each other through these challenges led to our separation. After us both spiritually awakening and recommitting, we built our new conscious partnership founded on unconditional love and a commitment to personal growth. Thank you for joining us as we put it all out there to show you the duality of our love's pain and beauty. And remind you that you have both the capacity to love consciously and the power to always, always choose love. Namaste and welcome back to the Loving Consciously podcast. This is episode 12 titled Our Ayahuasca Journey, The Loving Truth. We want to take a moment before we get started to acknowledge that we did not release an episode on schedule last week. While we have been incredibly committed to releasing these regularly and weekly, last Sunday when the episode was due, it was one day after our ayahuasca ceremonies and neither one of us were in any condition or energetic space to authentically create an episode for you all. We are back this week to talk about that journey and to, as always, vulnerably and authentically share what this past week of integration has looked like after an incredibly beautiful and difficult weekend. I released a solo episode on my podcast a few days ago about my individual ayahuasca ceremony. So while I'll share a high-level overview of my ceremony here today, I'm not going to get super deep into it because I would really encourage you and invite you to go listen to that episode on my podcast. It's incredibly deep and vulnerable. It is definitely the most vulnerable thing I've ever released, and it really gives a lot more insight than you will hear today. We will talk about Eric's ayahuasca journey, which was much different than mine, and really holistically looking at this concept of the loving truth that this has been an incredibly challenging eight or nine days for us as individuals, for our partnership. Mother Aya really took us both down deep and took us into different places. And we both came out of our experiences with very different realities, very different needs, and very different ways of integrating, which ultimately led us to separating physically for a week and going on that first week of integration alone because of how vastly different our journeys and our needs were. 
So we'll get a lot more into that and get really deep today talking about that. I will go ahead and pass it off to my partner, Eric, now, and you can share about your ayahuasca ceremony. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. It has been a journey this last week. And, you know, starting with the sanctity of the medicine that is ayahuasca and the consciousness of the plant, we call her Mother Aya, this medicine has the capacity, unlike most other plant medicines, to really drop you deep, deeper into your subconscious and unconscious realms than most other plant medicines can. And so this journey for both of us was one that was incredibly beautiful and impactful and powerful and it was an incredibly difficult journey it's tough to visit those spaces within ourselves that we may be hiding from that we may not realize are there or that are stored so deep down that it takes something external like this medicine to bring them to the light to be worked through something i shared on my podcast and is kind of really commonly said about ayahuasca is it's a medicine where you can do a decade or decades in my case of healing work in in one ceremony in one night and so really just want to be authentic and share the spirit of this medicine that while it is incredibly beautiful and profound and impactful and loving it is also very violent and physically difficult on the body and can really take you into the deepest parts of your darkest shadows because it's there where we find the light. And so it's that really deep understanding that the only way to full consciousness and embodiment of your highest self and of healing is through all of that darkness. And that's very much what this medicine does. Yeah, thank you for that illumination. You know, we share this concept of darkness and and energies and trauma in the light of awareness because these are things that are stored within us. And through no fault of anybody, whether it be you or anyone around us, we have been, since we've grown up as children, programmed with these trauma responses and these hurt childhood memories that can permeate into our adult lives and to begin healing those is to begin carving into some of the deepest wounds within ourselves and that work is difficult that work can be painful and it's a beautiful and liberating process we decided to take that journey as individuals we did each of our ceremonies on separate nights and this really allowed us to go in and connect with the medicine as individuals rather than as a joined couple, because it's important that we take this journey on our own. Yeah, for me, something I think we may have touched on here, and I definitely touched on in my solo podcast, is I really knew that I needed to go this alone. You have been such an incredibly large part of my caretaking and of my emotional safety. And so it was twofold for me. On one end, I knew that I needed to do this alone. 
I knew that what was going to come up was going to be incredibly impactful and painful and that having you there would alter, you know, positively and negatively what that experience would be for me. And I also knew that if I was really honest and authentic with myself, I did not want to be present for your pain and your purge. That is your process. Our relationship has enough of its own pain and purge, and I have enough of my own without, through love and and my care for you, taking on yours. And so from the beginning, it was pretty immediately clear to us both that we needed to do this separately and figure out how to stand on our own two feet through this journey and allow Mother Aya to guide us as the sovereign individuals that we are when so much of what we do and so much of our healing work has traditionally been focused on our relationship. The analogy that we kind of came to together was this notion of the three-legged race. For much of our conscious journey and spiritual awakening, we've walked it hand in hand and supported one another through it. That has been a large part of our conscious partnership, has been pushing each other along the conscious journey, loving each other dearly and deeply through that. And through this next phase of our cycle, it has now come to this idea of untethering our bound legs from one another to learn how to walk separately in our own strength and using Mother Aya as the ability to really dive in and see what might be there that is holding us back from embodying that healed version of ourself that is fully in their own individual power. Absolutely. And the last piece of that too is this massive journey we've been on really this last couple of months of embodying you, your divine masculine, and me, my divine feminine. The majority of our relationship, I have been in the very masculine role. I've been very much in the doing and working and running, and you've been very much in the feminine role of the feeling and the emotional side of things. And and we're not talking so much about gender roles here. So um, if you could just bear with us in, in explaining this for a moment, when we say divine masculine and divine feminine, we don't mean he's the man that works and makes money and I'm the woman that cooks and cleans and takes care of the house. We are talking about energy. We are talking about that masculine protector divinity energy of him and that side of his, you know, yin yang, if you want to compare it to that and my feminine being feeling energy and so it's much more about energy than it is about what you are doing cooking you could look at that as a feminine thing it can also be a very masculine thing like cooking and feeding and nourishing your partner and so just wanted to provide that little bit of clarity that when we say divine masculine and divine feminine we're not talking about man woman gender roles in the traditional sense we're talking about a spiritual energetic journey And so that was something I think we both very clearly went into our ayahuasca journeys with intention around. And man, did Mother Aya not disappoint, I think, in the way that we didn't want but deeply needed. We got a huge dose of that reality and of that energy. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. And one really important thing about conscious partnership, whether it's in a romantic relationship with a family member or with a friend, what we do and integrate, the challenges that we are faced with and called to work through within ourselves are our responsibility to process. 
part of our awakening journey and our journey up to this point, we've relied on one another quite a bit to support and get us from our unconscious mode into these more healed versions of ourselves. I don't say fully healed because the work is always ongoing. As humans, we have a tendency to get comfortable, to lean on our partners or our friends or our family a little too much. And so these ayahuasca journeys really allowed us to stand on our own two feet. Your ayahuasca journey was on Friday, last Friday, so not a few days ago, but nine days ago now. And mine was Saturday. And so I dropped Eric off Friday. He had his ceremony, spent the night there. And then Saturday we switched. I stayed and did my ceremony. He went home and then he picked me up on Sunday. When I arrived on Saturday to switch places with you, I could see you through kind of the window of the location where the ceremony was. And I knew immediately that you'd had an incredibly difficult night. Your energy, your your face, your posture, I could really, really tell just from being 40 feet away and seeing you through glass across two rooms that you'd had a really intense experience. Yeah, intense doesn't even begin to quantify the level of depth that was his experience. The beautiful thing about ayahuasca is that the consciousness of the plant is always present within us. It's part of the overall consciousness of this earth and nature as a whole. And so even before taking the medicine, that voice, and as soon as we made the intention to connect with the medicine and started preparing and started fasting and changing our diet for two weeks, that consciousness of the plant, very much feminine, very much like a caring mother, would come to us and speak to us. At the beginning of my journey, I got dropped off and had some time to really sit with myself. We're not apart very often. So that time and that space was taken really within myself to set intentions on what I was looking for through this journey. And for me, that was stepping into my divine masculine and asking the consciousness of the plant to bring up anything within myself that I hadn't worked on that was blocking me from getting to that. The ceremony started by taking a sacred tobacco called rape or hape, and this medicine is intended to calm your vagus nerve and help with the movement of energy throughout our body. For most people, what that looks like is calming you down and putting you into a deep, relaxed, meditative state. For people who have a tendency to hold their emotions in, this can bring up those repressed energies to the surface. I had a very visceral reaction to this medicine. From the minute that I took it, I felt like somebody had uh, kicked me in the chest and lost my balance. I could feel the energy moving. I sat down to meditate and immediately I was like, oh no, I need to lay down. And I did so. I laid down. The first thought that came to my head was this ego fear of what did you just do? This is intense. This is too much. We shouldn't take the ayah. This is a lot to process. And that was because 
there was energy in my body that just needed to be purged. It needed to come out. And I laid there while everybody else was having this beautiful, amazing, calm, peaceful meditation. And my consciousness was at war with itself. I could feel the fear and control of my egoic brain trying to pull me back down, tell me I wasn't worthy of the medicine, tell me I wasn't ready for this journey, to look at everybody else around me and see that everybody else is having a different experience. Why are you having this experience? And every time that thought came up, it was important that I met it with my conscious awareness, I met it with love and say, I took a medicine, the medicine is doing its job. Those are words by a cannabis coach facilitator, a friend of ours uh, named Ryan Sprague, helped me through this journey. I felt laying down like somebody was stirring the pot of my energy and I was boiling from the inside. It was really, really rough. And as these pockets and these bubbles of stored up energy rose to the surface, I immediately had a physical reaction of like, Oh, I'm going to purge now. And when I say purge, it is very common for people who take medicine such as rapehape or ayahuasca to physically purge in the manner of vomiting, diarrhea, laughing, crying, tears, yawning, physical movements, whatever modality is needed for that energy to be moved and processed out of your body. And for me, that was vomiting. And so within not even 10 minutes of taking the tobacco, I was violently purging the energies that were stored within my body. And while this was not the experience I had looked for or had hoped for coming into this, it was exactly the experience that was needed. For me and my journey into stepping into my divine masculine and owning my power, what it looked like was persevering through this on my own. And much of our relationship, we've persevered and overcome obstacles such as grief and loss and some of the challenges that we've talked about on our podcast and some physical challenges in walking through blizzards in Iceland. And we did all of that together. This time, I knew I was on my own. And part of the journey of us standing on our own two feet is making a pact to ourselves and then honoring it. I was there to take the medicine and I was not going to allow anything to stop me from doing so. No matter how much the ego came up and said, you're not worthy, you're not worthy. These thoughts of unworthiness were precisely what I was purging. Every time that I grabbed the bucket and purged and persevered and kept going, it was like a chip in that marble statue of the divine masculine that I was beginning to embody. And as I prepared for drinking Mother Aya, there were many fears coming up of, if this is already this intense, what is, what is Aya gonna be like? Am I going to be strong enough to do that? And I had purged so much energy just from the rape that I couldn't even walk at that time. One of the facilitators had helped me to the restroom and back to get me more water. 
while everybody else was still having their beautiful meditative experience. Eventually, I was able to calm my nervous system. The energy moved its way out, and I drank and I sat with Mother Aya. Immediately, I purged it back out, and my strength had been waning at that point. After hours of purging and being in this state, coming up with all of the energy that the ego was trying to throw, and meeting it with conscious and loving awareness, and then pushing forward. By the time that I took the ayahuasca, my body was too weak to go into the psychedelic state that most people experience taking the medicine. And I felt her energy in the brief time that I was with her say to me, it's okay, child, I'm here. And so I sat with her and I said, I know that I, my body's too weak right now. I want to connect with you. Please do so and meet me in my dreams if possible. After purging my unworthiness, my sexual addiction, my bullying and childhood trauma, I felt drained and alive at the same time. Like somebody had pulled all these weights out of my body and these negative energies that I had been attached to were released. That night, I had a very vivid dream. Back when I was in high school, I was viscerally bullied in basketball and just the community that is high school sports. And what that looked like for me was essentially being outcast, being made the butt of everybody's jokes. And it got to be so bad that I almost took my life a couple times. And I decided to walk away and fade away from a passion of mine that was playing basketball. In this dream, my demasculation in that environment came in the form of sexual abuse, in the form of the assistant coach grabbing me in an inappropriate way to try and gain control over me. I could feel in the dream being present with my current consciousness, but in the body and in the experience of my younger self, feeling the emasculation, feeling the pain of all the bullying and all the jokes that were being directed at me. And in that moment, I chose not to identify with it, not to allow it to affect me. Mother Aya gave me the strength to stand on my own and to resist what was being put into my path. I woke up and immediately was told, journal this dream, write it down. And in doing so, many more insights came to me. The spirit of the plant can stay in your system for up to two weeks after the ceremony. And for me, it manifested in dreams. And with each dream that's come up, it's been a window into my subconscious and unconscious mind to help understand what's blocking me. Although it was a really dark journey at the time, a lot of physical purging, trauma being unlocked, 
I'm grateful for it because it allowed me to really step in and understand the hurt boy that was still present, that is still present, and is manifesting in our relationship now. As these things have been dredged up, I came out very much in my masculine, very much in this do-do-do mentality, because for me, healing this looked like being in my doing. It looked like stepping into what I perceived would get me the outcome that I wanted, which was to get organized with my life, do the things that I felt needed to be done, and then find achievement in that. And that was very, very opposite as to what Amaris experienced. Yes, my experience was incredibly different in the way that I came out of my experience, my journey, and again, I really poured my heart and soul into sharing this journey in detail in my solo podcast. So I will leave much of that for there. But to paint a picture of how we got to the place we were a week ago, I did not take the rape. I just personally, for me, did not want to connect with tobacco. I did not want someone blowing things up my nose. And I already knew that I was incredibly sensitive. I'm an HSP, a highly sensitive person. So I'm incredibly sensitive to medicines, temperature, sound, touch. Basically, my nervous system is much more active and reactive than the normal person. And so I went into the ceremony with the intention that the ayahuasca was already going to be really intense and I didn't want to aggravate that process. So I did not connect with the rape. I sat with just Mother Aya and my journey was very beautiful and interesting in that I got three separate experiences. I watched Mother Aya journey through my conscious, subconscious, and then unconscious mind. And each of those journeys was very different. My conscious journey in the beginning was beautiful and meditative. And I still, after a week of integration, can't really find the words to explain the beautiful kaleidoscope of rainbow reality that I was taken down and into. And just seeing the true nature of the world and of creation and how perfect it all is and things that were said to me and shown to me and just a really beautiful experience and thinking that my journey was over only to see that it was now time to go into my subconscious mind which is where I share on my journey on my story on my podcast a lot of my ancestors my father my partner who passed away came through and guided me and I went through a very physical not vomiting but like actually my body physical purge where For hours, I was uncontrollably twitching and moving and having both my vagus and sciatic nerves be extremely reactive. It was very painful. It was exhausting. And so by the time that second subconscious phase was over, it was four hours into the ceremony. Most people were winding down. I was incredibly exhausted. And Mother Aya told me that there was one more step, there was one more phase, and it was time to go even deeper into my unconscious. And this is when my journey went from beautiful and emotional and physical and energetic and spiritual to 
visceral and dark and that portion was a few hours of very violent physical purging, dry heaving, vomiting. It was a lot of repressed childhood sexual abuse coming up and it was purging these last remnants of my addiction of all of the, you know, bullying and abuse and things that were said to me by my family, by others, by myself, and also things that I had done, you know, the way that I had treated Eric in this partnership came up. That was one of the more uncomfortable moments of physical purging that had to come out. And Mother Aya showed me energetically, spiritually, if you will, in my awareness, my in my mind, where this dark entity energy you could call it a demon, words really fail us here, was and showed me that I was on my own and I had to get this out. And the only way to get it out was to physically purge it out. And so my experience was significantly longer. I was not able to sleep that night. I laid on my mat having some really incredible and profound and beautiful spiritual experiences of my inner child and my higher self merging, of my consciousness reloading, of reparenting myself, of lowering the walls of my mind to allow the abuse that happened to me when I was a child that I repressed for decades to come through. And so when I came home that next morning, I had only slept about an hour. I hadn't really eaten much for a few days. I had had a very, very emotionally difficult experience. And whereas Eric shared that he came out very charged and alive and okay, this unstuck energy has been moved and I'm, I'm in my masculine and I'm ready to get shit done. I came out very, very tender, very much in my, I need feminine, I need earth, nature, grounding. I am extremely sensitive. When I got home on Sunday, the dog would bark or something would drop on the ground. Somebody knocked on our trailer door and I would just start sobbing or run in a corner and cover my ears. And it just was so overwhelming. And all I needed was to be held and to be in my feminine and to just feel the feelings and to just exist. Whereas my partner, you know, and there's no right or wrong or, or good or bad here. It's just the reality was very much in a, I, I need to move, I need to do, I need to get things done. And so this brings us to kind of the meat of today's episode, which is our ayahuasca journey, right? Eric had his, I had mine, and then we both came home. And here we are in two incredibly different places with two incredibly different experiences, two very different needs, two very different energies. I was not able to get up and support him in the getting shit done. I was not able to, you know, participate in he wanted to do this and that and I couldn't do that. And I just needed to lay in bed and and be and and feel and process and he couldn't do that. It that was uncomfortable for him to sit still. And so I made the decision to leave. I left Monday morning for a week. I rented a car. I needed to drive. Driving is very therapeutic for me and I needed to just be and be alone and think and feel and talk and sing and praise and cry and and what better than 16 hour drive to Portland and so I went back to Portland I picked up my closest friend and 
checked on our house that we are shameless little plug in here officially under contract we are officially off the market the house is selling and that journey is about to close that chapter is done we have an amazing buyer that gave us an amazing offer and we're just so grateful but anyways i checked on the house picked up my friend and i went to the redwoods which is where i feel home it's where i feel safe those ancient and majestic trees are nature unlike anything i've experienced and I've experienced quite a lot of nature from Iceland to the Maldives to eight countries and nothing compares to those redwood trees. And so for me, it was very much a, I know this person cannot support me in the way that I need to be supported right now and vice versa. I know that I can't work through this pain with my partner here. I mean, how do you expect a partner of almost eight years to support you through repressed childhood sexual abuse. That is not something that comes up often and it's not something we've ever walked through. And so it just was very much, I need to be on my own. I need to do this on my own. I need to integrate on my own. I need to regulate my nervous system on my own. I can no longer rely on you. Just like in this ayahuasca experience, I couldn't. Now in this integration, I cannot rely on you, nor can I carry or support you through your integration. And so we took that week. Eric stayed here. I went to the Redwoods. We both did a lot of really deep integration and those journeys have looked very different my journey while that first day or two was extremely difficult and uncomfortable once my nervous system reached an equilibrium and reset and i got some nature and i got that feminine tenderness from one of my closest friends i very quickly moved into feeling really great and embodying my high self and feeling like, okay, the darkness is behind me and I can move forward now. And this last kind of piece, something that I shared on my podcast that is really impactful and resonates deeply for me is I felt like I was doing all of this work, all of this shadow work, inner child work, spirituality for the better part of two years, you know, full time, almost all of last year. And no matter what I did, I just couldn't quite shake this suffering. I had no reason to suffer. I was happy and healthy and conscious and had a conscious partnership and and all of these things. And for some reason, there was just this peace that I couldn't see that was still causing my body to energetically enter suffering. And that was repressed trauma being stored in my body, being stored in my subconscious mind. And so once that was out, while again violent and painful and traumatic and and a lot of physical purging and and physical pain afterwards it was freeing and liberating and like being reborn and so that's what kind of brings us to now i've been back for two days and the loving truth is we're struggling we're struggling to integrate with each other. We're struggling to come back together as a unit. We're struggling to meet each other where we're at because we're different. I'm different. My body's different. My energy's different. My voice is different. I carry myself different and vice versa. And there is no manual. There is no, you know, anything on how a partnership integrates these experiences and you know, so much of our relationship, like, I I knew you were bullied. I don't think I ever really knew, like, the deep, full extent. And 
in my mind, because your sexual addiction physically has been behind us for many, many, many months, I kind of just thought that was over and that was behind us. And so realizing that the bullying was much deeper and was really impacting your masculinity and feeling that demasculation and also realizing that the sexual addiction was still there energetically, right? Deep stored in your subconscious mind and and in your body through energetic trauma. And then for me, coming back and realizing, oh, all of those intimacy issues and all of those physical issues we had earlier on in our relationship, being violent in my sleep from nightmares and not being able to be touched in certain areas and not being able to be seen by you was from sexual trauma in childhood. And so we're kind of in this really vulnerable, uncharted territory of we are both different and we have both been stripped so down, bare naked, vulnerably into this place The loving truth is I don't really have the answers right now. I am still very tender. I am still very much in my feminine and being and yeah, that's just kind of where we're at right now. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and and your integration. You've really stepped into the beauty and the strength of your feminine and it's incredible to see. My journey was what Aya really did was strip me down to my most vulnerable state. And while the strength of the masculine was beautiful to embody for the, I want to say about half of the time that you were gone, it slowly, as I worked through that and had that strength within myself, it slowly started to peel away as the unhealed parts of my feminine started to service. And that for me came through dreams. It came through that inner child within me that was looking to be seen, held, cared for. And the person in my life that has done that for the better part of this journey has been you. And it was really challenging to sit in that space and not have you here and my ego as it does right our egos tend to warp the truth and tell us things that it needs in order to gain our attention told me you are separate right now you need to allow her to be on her own journey as you stand on your own two feet and you be in your own journey and what that looked like for me was kind of another mini dark night of the soul of feeling all the feelings of being emasculated as a child and not fitting in and not receiving love in the way that I had wanted to as a child and learning that I'm being called now to give myself that love. We can't look to or expect from our partners to give us the love that we need and desire. In conscious partnership, it is our responsibility to love ourselves unconditionally and hold ourselves so that we can come to our partners without expectation. Part of what has been challenging for us to reintegrate on is while you found the strength to kind of hold your own, for me, 
it's been a little bit more difficult and I fell back into that hook of wanting to be held, wanting, wanting that feminine energy also, but not being connected enough to my feminine to give it to myself. And I watched as, you know, you being as sensitive as you are currently needing to protect your energy and be in your experience and my need for love and support was projected onto you pushing you further away and then starting my cycle of chasing and repeating on the flip side of that it's not one-sided i very much coming out of my experience just needed that feminine and when that wasn't given to me it was like you're not able to do this so i'm just going to completely detach and do it for myself and definitely not doing that in the most loving way or in the most peaceful way and i keep saying this and i'm going to keep saying it because it's our title and it's our theme the loving truth is mother aya brought us both down into the depths of our darkness and our beauty and did that to help us learn to embody our own individual energies and to learn that this is not our journey. While we are on a journey together and we are in conscious partnership together, we are individuals and we have very different journeys. And when I knew and we had talked about kind of going this journey alone, I didn't realize that that was also going to be the integration. I didn't realize that that was also going to be emotionally and physically supporting ourselves after this process and so now here we are back together physically in in our home and in our life and the last 48 hours have kind of been this really weird distant dance of you're different and I'm different you know here's all these things that came up and all this purging that happened and also these revelations now what that's kind of been our theme. That's been something we've both said. And, and when there's that moment of silence and we don't really know what to do or say, it's, well, now what? Now what do we do? Like, now where do we go? Now where do we build this partnership from? Because, again, you're different. I'm different. It's different. Things are different. And that's good. Change is good. Growth is good purging negative energy and, and trauma is good. And so here we are seven and a half, almost eight years into our relationship. And it almost kind of feels like starting over again. And something we were talking about on an interview we did today that we will be releasing next week on our Breathe in Love episode about breath work with our first ever guest is this idea and, and truth that all love is self-love and it, it's loving yourself first and it's caring for yourself first. And so here we are to imperfect human beings having this experience, loving the truth that we don't know completely how to do that yet. And that's okay. And by coming onto this podcast and vulnerably and authentically sharing this with you all, we can show you that it's okay to not know all the answers. Permission not to know. It's okay to be figuring it out. It's okay for your relationship to change. It's okay for you to change. It's okay for you to go into the darkest parts of yourself because that's where we find the light. And that's where I found the light. 
And though it's messy and mucky and weird and kind of awkward, like high schoolers dating for the first time, that's just a part of the process. And so we are just kind of non-resisting, non-attaching, letting it be what it is. We have a tendency as the species of humanity to really like being comfortable. The reality of doing healing work is that it can get really uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. Not just for you, but for the other people around you as well. And as we dive into the deep layers of ourselves to know ourselves on a deep level and to heal, it does a couple things. The first is it reflects back to the other people around you what it is that they may be holding on to, that they may need to look at as well. And you change. They know you as who you are now. And it's comfortable for them to know that. When we change as individuals, it can be difficult for the ones that we love to be witnesses to that change. And when we're in conscious partnership and the rapid growth and change that can come from conscious partnership, it can be really uncomfortable in the relationship sometimes. And that's just part of the game, holding up the mirror and also holding space for each other and saying, I love you unconditionally. No matter what comes up, no matter what we go through, I love you and I'm here. We have this little meditation book that we read on a daily basis. And something that came up recently was this notion that marriage, in the context of that book, but we'll use it as conscious partnership or relationship with whoever you love, is forever of your own making. We have chosen forever. We have chosen to enter this conscious partnership and make commitments to each other. Just like the world has its seasons, of winter and spring and summer, relationships also have those seasons of change and growth, of retraction and contraction and openness. Loving each other through that change is critical. The beautiful part about doing this work is that while there's fear in many aspects of the unknown that can come up, the duality of that is that there's so much opportunity there's so much there to be able to create and co-create with the one that you love. Because when you deconstruct the negative patterns and really dive into that vulnerable space, you're creating a blank canvas for your authentic selves to come together and build something new that's more aligned. Something you said that really struck me right there was the opportunity to co-create and hearing that just exploded my mind open and I'm just imagining and feeling into this new reality of these more healed and more whole versions of us, the more embodied masculine for you, the more embodied feminine for me. And we're going to get into this a lot next month because we have an incredible series about love and sexuality and sacred sexuality and ethical non-monogamy and all of these things that we're going to talk about in February. But really, 
how much deeper our intimate relationship can go now because while we have an incredibly deep tantric erotic beautiful sexual connection i am very aware of how that has been hindered due to this abuse and how that has been hindered due to this trauma stored in my body i'm still very aware that for no reason at all sometimes i just don't want you to touch me and that's been our normal and now we're able to look at that and work through that and i'm able to release that because i'm not having these unconscious trauma reactions to these things that were stored in my body that's one example or you know for you with your sexual addiction a big part of that i've sat with a lot is well i this is behind us yet there's still this uncomfortability or unfamiliarity with intimacy and now that you've done a lot more of purging and work around that and release with mother aya you can get even deeper and and already are like daily asking me to really get intimate and vulnerable with you and that's a new experience and so turning this all to a summary here you can see how through our darkest moments and our traumas and all of these really painful things that we sat with and purged and looked at and processed and integrated with mother aya it's opening as individuals and in this partnership this reality for more, more love, more intimacy, more connection, more healing, more sovereignty, more self-reliance and self-love. It's all necessary and it's all a part of the journey. And just like our intro says, you know, we're putting it all out there, our beauty and our pain. And while this episode is a bit chaotic and, and muddy and messy, this this is the work and this is showing you all here we had to highly conscious and highly spiritual, decently healed people who went into these ayahuasca journeys and had a brutal time and came out better. And we're just in the process now of, you know, we took our weeks apart to integrate. And I think this next week is really going to be integrating together, integrating as friends, as lovers, as conscious partners of how we move forward from this with this new awareness, with this new information, with this new freedom. And there's two beautiful butterflies flying outside the window right now. And it's really incredible because butterflies is what came to me during my ceremony. And so I just want to take a moment to express gratitude for Mother Aya, for God source creator for healing for the darkness because I am grateful for that. I am grateful for this trauma and this pain because it's through that trauma and pain and darkness that we transmute into love and light and peace and healing. That's beautiful. Thank you. And, you know, something that's really important about journeys like this, about diving into these aspects of ourselves that are looking to be healed is that one we're doing it not only for ourselves but we're also doing it for the ones that we love our communities the collective as a whole and everyone who's come before us these traumas and these energies are here and present because they've been passed down through no one else's fault generation to generation. And the beauty of this healing work is that although it is difficult, we know 
that as we heal and integrate these things, that poison stops with us. Because eventually, someone's going to have to do it. And if we don't do the work, that means someone else is going to have to do the work. And the more each of us stop passing the buck, the more children can be born in a world that's full of love, full of light, and have the opportunity to really shine their light rather than spending the majority of their time doing the work for somebody else. Ayahuasca, just like many of the other things that we're going to talk about moving forward on this podcast, is a tool. It's a tool to deeply sit with, learn, and know yourself. The magic comes from what you do with that knowledge. Integration is key. And we're coming to you in the process of our integration to show you that it can be messy and that's okay. Love yourself through it. Love your loved ones through it as well because this is work and whoever has the courage and the strength to sit with this type of medicine and do the work can greatly benefit from unconditional love and support from the people that they love. And just closing it out here, as always, want to send you all love, encourage you to do something today, to love yourself, love someone else in your life, and know that if plant medicine or ayahuasca has been calling to you, we really encourage you to lean into that calling and to sit with that. And just want to remind you all that this journey is a journey. It's not linear, it's messy, and that's okay. Loving consciously is loving the journey as it is, is loving the truth as it is, is saving space for all sides of the reality, and that's just where we are today. Thank you for being here with us. We will see you all next week. We have an incredible episode. I cannot wait to share this with you all. And then in February, we have a four-part love and sexuality and intimacy series where we are going to talk about a lot of those topics. So we will see you all here soon.